Listen, Not... I hate droids. I will always hate droids. You know, my dad lost his job to a droid. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Happens. Crap. I know a guy who his life was drastically changed by droids. Uh, he developed a hatred for droids until he fell in love with a droid uh, who saved his life. Who was it? But the uh, the droid uh, died shortly afterward. Are you talking about Joe Biden? Tales from the Ditch! Tales from the Ditch, guys. We're uh, back at again in this irritating apocalypse. Uh, Sean Moss, Seth Wildshoot at it again with our friend Gavin. Gav sauce. I'm back. It's a trifecta. I'm, I'm here for a third time. Gavin, it's good to hear from you. Now, this is a different Tales from the Ditch. Currently, I am in Sparks, Seth is in Reno, and Gavin is in Carson. The trifecta of failure, as they call it. <laughs> uh, we're winning. We're, we are the winning triad. That's That's what I would say. It's actually kind of true for the uh, the coronavirus stuff. I feel like most of the people in Nevada, especially in Carson, have been waiting for this <laughs> for a long time. Oh, I, yeah, so uh, I, I would be curious. So I've been asking everybody that I call, um, but I'm actually, so we're doing this on Discord. I'm sending you guys a image um, oh, to, to show that I'll talk, I'll talk about in a second. Fascinating. Um, but uh, currently, based off of um, based off of the data that's able to be pulled off of social media, uh, Nevada is the third best state at social distancing. Uh, we get an A grade of reducing our travel. Um, now, uh, Washoe County came in at based off of data reducing their travel for work, travel for vacation, etc., by thirty seven percent. But Carson City. Uh, has reduced their travel by 52%. Um, now, but with that said, I been I went to Reno last week to get a couple of things from Barnes and Noble, and it was dead. Uh, and none of the stores I've gone to here in Carson City have been dead. Um, maybe less busy, but not dead. So I'm curious for you guys up in Washoe County what the experience has been of the of the hashtag new normal hashtag social distancing. <sighs> I'm drinking what you call uh I'm drinking a Dr. Kevorkian. It's um Dr. Pepper and uh three shots of vodka. That's how I'm doing. I'm doing fantastic. I'm working <laughs> from home. I'm getting stuff done. I get to play with my kid at any time during the day when he wants to wrestle, taking dogs for more walks, getting house projects done. It's fantastic. And I realized all these people saying oh man i'm so stir crazy in my house i feel like i need to get out i feel the opposite i love being alone <laughs> i love not talking to people and being distant from people it feels fantastic have you been to any stores i have been to a couple of stores and yeah it's crazy how much people really want uh rice and toilet paper i've i've gone to the store and all these people have carts full of stuff and then i walk up with fritos and vodka <laughs> and they're like just glaring at me and i'm like what i'm like it'll burn the virus but yeah everyone's like stocked <laughs> up and i'm going there for two items because we have pretty much what we need and then i head home 
So, mm. yeah, I have. Uh, so I, I got a chance to go grocery shopping today and I had a full cart at the end of it. Uh, and I don't think anyone was looking at me weird or whatever, but I had my defense in my head is like, what? Like I have three boys, um, a seven year old, a four year old and a one year old. I need all of these Lunchables. Like you have no idea <laughs> the amount of food they've been consuming since Simon's been home all day and we've been confined to our house like gavin yes were the lunchables for you no the lunchables were not for me i did are you get sure? a discount italian sub because it was expired for two days <laughs> that was <laughs> like that's you know a sub that normally costs six dollars for 378 like it's okay if the bread's a little stale i'll deal with that <laughs> discount italian subs i the stores i've gone to have been for the Beautiful. most part dead um it is crazy that the few times my wife has gone certain aisles are like empty just done and when i've been at work it's me and one other person that's it the whole day so yeah it's it's similar here i i am working from home more even though i could work from down in Carson, our church office is really only one person on Wednesdays and Thursdays, but I, I happen to work from home today because I was doing some video rendering or failing at it. And um, I went grocery shopping. The only two things, uh, flour was on a purchase one per customer. And then I, I still, as of yet, I still have not found toilet paper. We do not need it yet, but I still have never seen it. Yeah, this, I feel like... Um... This is why, remember I was talking about this before, the importance of having a bidet? <laughs> I feel like we, I finally proved it. Like, you don't even need toilet paper if you, if you uh, have a bidet. Well, okay, we have a, this is so inappropriate, but we have a bidet. I, I just can't bring myself to it yet, man. Like, wait, it's weird what? and it's cold. You have a bidet? Yeah, we have a bidet. Hollywood Jarvis. Gosh. Yeah, in our house. Really? In Carson City, there's yes. a bidet? Uh, yes, and we're in my house, not at the church. That's amazing. And you don't use it? There's no heater on it? You can't use the hot water? No, there's no heat. Oh, who installed that bidet? I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. What? When did you learn how to install a bidet? How do you? What? When? Working I'm not at the proficient. At, yeah, I'm not proficient at a lot of things, but I'm proficient at um, I, I'm proficient at some plumbing and washers for some reason. Because our washer day installation. Yeah, <laughs> but do we even know you? But day it's it's cold. Wait, is guys, it different insulation than a toilet? No, it's just like it's just like an extension that you would uh, pipe into your toilet. But it's just using the running water that you bring into your toilet. So I'm sure there's fancier water out there or fancier bidets. But the standard ones you get at the store for like 10, 15 bucks are just cold water. Like maybe, I mean, maybe like you get used to it. It's better in the summer, but it's, I, I, I still haven't gotten used to it. That's, that's as far I'll as I'll go. In I, the summertime. Hey, Sean, I'll be right back. I'll be right okay. back. All right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. A summertime bidet, some nice frigid water. Oh, there's nothing like it. That no, just no. I I can't. Like I think too. Uh, is this part going on the podcast? 
What? Is this part going on the podcast? Not not everything before. Absolutely. This next part. Of course. Say that again. Of course it is. Sean, you're gone. Oh, really? You can't hear me? I can hear you a little bit now. It's back. Okay. Uh, is this next part on the podcast? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> then I will not say the next part. Okay. Let me ask you something, though, before we get off the topic of bidets. How clean can you really get with toilet paper? Honestly. I, I mean, clean. You can get clean. No. You can smear, but you can't remove. You can remove? I don't think so. It Maybe depends. with a wet wipe. It de- No, not with a wet wipe. It depends on different factors. It absolutely depends on different factors. Think about this. Say you have a truck like you do. You have a truck. And you feel like getting the four-wheel drive working. So you go out in the hills and you drive. You put it in four, four low, and you drive through the mud and you get mud all over your truck. Then you bring your truck back to your house, park in your driveway. It's all muddy. You got to clean it off, right? Do you just grab some dry paper towels and just start chipping that dried mud off? No. Exactly. You get the hose out, don't you? Yeah. Sometimes. Case closed. There is a need to wash your car because there's mud all over. But sometimes it's just a little dirt. And if you wanted to wipe it off with like a ShamWow, you could. Hold on. You're talking about a little dust? You're going to wipe dust off with a with fabric? That's going to scratch your paint, bro. Got to get the hose. If you get a special paint. <laughs> so what would the um, what would the gluteus equivalent be to special paint? Chef Boyardee. Oh, I see what you're saying. Some Y'all talking about toilet paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking so, about how the bidet is clearly, even if it's cold, the bidet is clearly superior in getting you clean. Gavin, question, inquiry. So you're walking down the street, you trip, your hand falls in poo. Some guy walks over and says, here's a dry paper towel. And I don't say, you all thank wash you, your hands? I say, Don't you all you. wash your hands off? Yeah, I will when, when, I get, when I get into a safe place for that. But if that's No, that man can hose you right then and there. That is... If is he is a gentleman, he brings the hose with him. He sprays down the cavern of Gavin and takes care of it for you. Oh, checkmate. <laughs> okay, Gavin, the next part of our podcast... <laughs> You said that you had uh, maybe an inkling? Me? No, Gavin. I think Gavin had an idea. I wanted to talk about high fantasy books, but... High fantasy? Yes. What? There's no other explanation, Gavin. That was it. (laughs) That was all I'm supposed to say. Oh, dang it. Is that our sponsor? (laughs) Sorry. This didn't go how I thought it would. The machines have already turned against us. That didn't work the way I thought it would. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Okay. High fantasy books. Gavin, the next part of our podcast. You had an idea? Gavin? Uh, Cut out for a second, guys. Oh, sorry. You had an idea for the next portion of our podcast? Yeah, yeah. I I have all sorts that we could could do. (laughs) 
I don't know what direction you guys want to do. How about this? Uh, <laughs> I I know as uh, millennials, as uh, Generation Z, uh, that we process our life through memes. And uh, a topic that keeps coming up is, okay, we have this pandemic. We have uh, this earthquake that just happened. You regret this day, friend! I'm not your friend, buddy. <laughs> this this blurb. Um, but uh, and so people are like, "Oh man, this is the end of the world." And so when you guys, specifically when I hear and when you guys hear, it's the end of the world. Do you guys say, "No, it's not," and then think of a reason it's not the end of the world, um, or do you think, "Yeah, it could be the end of the world"? Well, I tell myself, "Please, please be the end." Yes, for love of God, just end it already. Please, God, get it over with. We're done. Just put a bullet in his head right now. Please. <laughs> um, I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, it's crazy because we've had like six uh, earthquakes recently in Nevada while this coronavirus stuff has been happening. And the coronavirus stuff is going and whatever. But uh, I... I am not convinced it's the end of the world simply because um, uh, I, th- I thought it would happen with a little greater renown. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Like I'm, I'm expecting to see a little, what well, maybe I should say this, my experience with this coronavirus and I'm quarantined and all of these things has been uh, things are actually better Granted, people are stealing toilet paper and, and and price gouging and things like that. But to be honest with you, I'm getting discounts and people are bringing stuff to my car from the restaurant. I don't even have to go in and see people. I'm getting to hang out with my family more. Uh, I think that uh, if the end was being ushered in and we were to know that the end was coming by the signs of the times, uh, that it would be a little less convenient for me, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make sense? You seem to be enjoying this apocalypse a little too much. I mean, it's so great. Literally, I was just talking to Nathan Hartley. He just got a keg delivered to his house of revision beer, which is expensive beer. A keg delivered, hand-delivered to his front door for $50. What? Yeah, you'd never have that opportunity when there's no apocalypse going on. So I feel like it's just kind of like a nice little, nice little break, nice little break. So there's an episode in The Office, uh, season four, episode one, where The Office is cursed. Meredith gets hit by a car, and um, <laughs> uh, Angela's car, a cat dies, and all these things happen. And uh, Toby's like, hey, I just got a little bit of good news. Like, I got uh, some free lunch from my favorite pizza joint. <laughs> and, like, I feel like you're Tobying the apocalypse right now. <laughs> I feel like you're like, like, actually, things are going pretty good for me now. <laughs> like, got a little bit of good luck my way. It could be. It either confirms that I'm the Antichrist, which I've always thought, or it's honestly uh, – and. I understand there's suffering everywhere, but there's honestly a lot of crazy good things that are happening, such as the environment has improved. Did you guys see those pictures from um, Venice, Italy? 
Like, is that accurate? I mean, is that have they really measured it, or is it just the second humans come back, it'll be exactly the same? I mean, how how much the second exactly that's the point. The fact here's the thing these idiots built a city in the water and they're uh and they're surprised that um all of the traffic in the water causes pollution. It's like you don't have to be a left leaning super democrat to understand that obviously when people when dirty dirty people are are taking canoes through places and singing that it's the water is going to get dirty it's obvious but now while the people are off the streets or not streets canals uh it's nice and clean in addition to like the air um air quality in china all kinds of stuff it's crazy now I'm not saying that that it's a good thing Let's that everybody needs. Business. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know about blurp. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just wondering about like, okay, I've seen the news stories about, but I'm wondering, have they measured it of how much cleaner, how much better? Because they say, oh, it's improved. I go, yeah, humans aren't using it and humans are terrible. I'm just wondering how much it's approved and what scientists are saying. Cause so far I've only seen Buzzfeed articles as opposed to what scientists have checked and gone, okay, here's the quality. Here's the percentage it's gone up. And yeah, uh, they have been doing some studies and they aren't going to know as much until uh, this has kind of run its course, but they did two studies, one in China, one in Italy. The one from Italy was the one I looked closer at that. There was a, a, um, a chemical, a molecule that is produced by the runoff of cars. And the the atmosphere above northern Italy showed a dramatic de- decrease of that molecule, uh, which is harmful for the environment. Um, and so the, I think what you're saying is, will this all come back after everybody just returns to their ways? Uh, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. But um, they are showing, yeah, look at how quickly things rebound when everybody stops driving around and stops using stuff. But if we never return to it, and that's that's my whole thing, is like we, Seth and I work for the same school district employer, and we tried to do this thing called digital days where they say, hey, if there's too much snow, instead of compromising people's safety, Let's let kids be at home and use their computers to log in. And politically, it was a bad move. But essentially, the Department of Education said, sorry, you can't do that. You can't count that as a school day. So it's illegal. Nice try. Never do that again. And now we don't have a choice, right? We've been told by the governor that we have to stay home. And so we are staying home. And it's fantastic. Or I'm staying home. Seth's still not staying home. And I'm yeah, telling I you, Seth. to go to work. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> we'll have to oh, edit that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't oh, use dear. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Blurp. Um, <laughs> dude, I seriously, right now, like. <laughs> All I want to do right now oh, is no, drink no, no, and no, talk no. about winter. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, 
Yeah. Oh. I think that there is the potential <laughs> that people in the United States, at least, or maybe elsewhere, could learn from this and say, hey, maybe remote work and telecommuting isn't this uh, terrible thing that we once thought it was. Maybe it is a good idea to keep people off the road and, and let people stay home and do stuff. And also, maybe it's a good idea that work doesn't look the way it does, where you have to go 40 hours a week, nine to five or whatever it is. And even if you're done with all of your work at seven hours and 15 minutes, you still have to find something to do for the remaining 45 minutes. All of this stupid industrial age stuff, I think can change and that would affect the world, the, the, the planet better. You son of a... <laughs> I agree, Sean. You're the craziest. <laughs> Oh. oh, that's my opinion. What's your opinion, Seth? Is it the end of the world? Dad, it no. This is look. I I mean, I get it. It's a serious thing, and it'll probably suck and even get worse. But um, it's not the end of the world. It's I'm still coming home. I have a beer. I read about wizards, and then I watch Chopped. That's not the end of the world. It's just me getting old. So. I'm not, you know, it's not even cool. It's not like you see Mad Max stuff. Like, there aren't fires. No one's getting shot. I mean, you think of it. You Detroit. Been to well, <laughs> like Detroit. Detroit. People don't get shot in Sparks. They get stabbed. Yeah. Like, we, we De- established that a long time ago. We if don't, if we you don't... look at videos of Detroit after they even won a game or won a Super Bowl, it was like a right. It was more destructive and apocalyptic than this whole event. I mean, San Francisco's had riots after they've won a game. It's just I look at that Detroit. Like I bet they're not even slaying it. They're like we have riots after football games. This is nothing. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not that convinced. I I think it's hasn't been handled great. I think it's irritating and frustrating. I think I'm gonna sell my kids. But it's yeah, it's not the end of the world. Got it. So, you know, balls to the wall. <laughs> Gavin, what do you think? So, um, I, I do not think it is the end of the world yet. Um, and and uh, the reason being that for kind of biblical reasons of I view. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> biblical. So. But first off, like Jesus says, uh, the end is going to come when people are like doing normal life, like buying and selling, having, giving away in marriage. And it, it seems like the cancellation of those things is therefore not the end of the world. That That's just conjecture. Uh, second, when I read the Bible, um, and this is the counterpoint to uh, any guests that you have had that are uh, of the of the viewpoint called post-millennial, uh, I oh, view oh, those nut jobs. I yeah. view um, Revelation as uh, almost uh, chronological in its telling of the end of the world. Um, and uh, so, did you guys feel? I that? don't see any. I just felt feel a tremor in the force. Tyler Macaluso just crapped his pants listening to you. No, he didn't. He laughed and said that I was wrong. And that's okay, because Tyler is a smart man who is uh, uh, aware of his convictions. But, um, Dude, you pooped your pants, man. 
This is so good. I don't know why we didn't have a soundboard for the past 70 episodes. <laughs> this is how you get sponsors. Oh, did, I, did I say how much goes in this Dr. Kevorkian drink? <laughs> Too oh. much. Too much. Oh. So, uh, there's no asteroid. Um, and uh, there's two in, uh, in the Book of Revelation um, that hit the Earth. One in the ocean and one water supply. Um, and yeah, uh, I just do not know how prolifically the gospel has been proclaimed to all nations, um, which is another caveat. And so I just, I, but I do know that these things will happen until the end comes and that the scriptures say that this is, uh, like birth pains basically. And, and you know what? So before Kelly had kids, I was like, okay, birth pains, like it's like labor pains. Okay. No big deal. Like after having three kids, I know that as short as labor is, you feel like as a guy that it takes forever that you're like, holy crap, my wife is in agony. How long is this? And uh, I I wonder how much of that was Jesus saying, it's actually not going to be that I come back. But from your perspective, it's going to feel like a long time because labor is not a picnic. Hmm. Counterpoint, it is the end of the world. So, well, I just, that's what bring up. What if? Huh? Yeah. That's what I want to hear. That's good. Oh, my gosh. See, Jeez. now we're talking. So, what if this virus is going to break down borders, drive people to their homes, their families, communities, um, not increase individualism, but break it down, all to prepare us for the golden utopia that is post-millennialism, Gavin Jarvis. This is on prep to break it down, destroy all your idols, your uh, your Babylons and your harlots that ride dragons and evil ducks, I assume. But, you know, what if this is all prep for something more beautiful? What if it's coming down the pipe? Why can't you be more hopeful, Gavin? More hopeful for a greater day. The sun still shines, I my am. friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful, but my hope is ultimately when Jesus has his feet back on uh, terra firma uh, as a ruler. Have you ever had a dream that that oh, you um, you had you 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 could you do you you want you you can. <laughs> you know, when I when I saw your comment, Seth, I thought that the blurb was gonna add something completely different. <laughs> me too. Uh, I thought, yeah, me too. I thought it was gonna be Martin Luther King. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like I'm optimistic. Like a premillennial view of the world is not a view that, in a, in its healthy form, is is not optimistic. But it's just a reality of saying, hey, like we think that there's going to be this point in history takes this drastic downturn for the worse. Um, and that that's a good sign because at that drastic downturn, first it means that Jesus is going to be coming back really soon, um, but that gets bad. So I do think that I've talked to a few people about this, that we just don't have uh, in our, in our society, none of us who are currently alive have a framework for what to do with the pandemic. Like that's, that's new. Like it's not like war. It's not like other aspects of of suffering that 
maybe the the boomer generation or older generation has experienced that the younger hasn't. It's that you know the last pandemic was in 1917, 1918. Like, and, and so what? How we deal with this now, especially in this global, this kind of like this global world where I can go online and see in real time the increase of cases around. So, so which almost makes the end lot. of the world it, it almost <laughs> makes the end of the world more terrifying because like, unless the internet crashes, which it could during the end of the world, like, especially with that asteroid that hits the ocean, like how much more terrifying is the end of the world? If you're seeing it all real time on CNN, I've had dreams about the end of the world. And they are freaking dope. They are just awesome. I just, I wish I had more of them because all my other dreams are like me paying the mortgage or there's a spider. So I really appreciate those dreams where it's the end of the world. It's, they're so epic. I just always wake up and I go, Ugh. Do you remember okay. one time when we were living together, Seth, I had a dream, a very vivid dream that it was the end of the world? Ah, it was probably dope, wasn't it? Was it a cool stream? It was kind of cool. We were in that room that you and my, you and I slept in, and I got up in the middle of the night, and I did see, kind of like Gavin was saying, some um, asteroids hitting the earth or, or meteors hitting the earth, fire raining from heaven. And I was like, Seth, Seth, wake up. And you got out of your bed and came over, and you looked out the window, and you looked at me. And you said, gross, I can see your balls. <laughs> Such an awful dream. <laughs> it was a real dream. <clears throat> oh, Corona. Oh, man. Well, I don't remember that, but I'm sure it happened. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is going to be a good time. I found the source of the ticking. It's a pipe bomb. Yay! What? <laughs> okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Burp really contextualizes these things too well. Anyways, it is interesting to me, though... Um, I don't know what a pre-mill versus a post-mill mindset would be, but you know there's a popular thing in media that's like industry and technology and all of these things are bad, and the earth itself is trying to like silence or get rid of humans so that it can repair, you know what I mean? Kind of like Midgar in Final Fantasy VII or countless other things. Um do you think there's any validity to that type of thing? Not obviously based on the earth or mother nature or anything like that, but based on God having an appreciation for how he created the earth to exist and the way that humans have kind of ruined it. That you think he's going to send what a weapon after us or. Uh, yeah, maybe. Or uh, at least the people that he slays. Do you think he's uh, avenging partially on behalf of his creation the earth or do humans get all his priority or how does that work dude if he sent an omega weapon after me he's earned it i mean god doesn't have to earn anything but that would i would accept that that's so dope i seriously 
if I saw an Omega weapon as big as Godzilla destroying stuff, and that was God's justice, instead just people disappearing or something, that is dope. I would totally accept that, and if anything, I would worship him more. That that would be so freaking awesome. I don't I don't know. I mean, I assume he'd come after us for the main perpetrators. So, Gavin. So <clears throat> I I don't don't know an answer for this exactly, but I, <laughs> I have thought about recently how scripture gives an indication that so god gives uh earth to mankind to steward but then there's there's um these other sections that kind of speak of land being leased to humans by god um i've not extensively looked into this um but one example is uh somewhere in scripture it talks about how when the the people are exiled from um, when people are exiled from uh, Israel and they're taken to Babylon, that the land is given rest because the Israelites weren't faithful to give the land rest during their time leasing the land from God. Um, I don't know if that's a a humanity thing. I don't know if that was of the Old Covenant. I, I actually believe that is more in with that. But I, I, there is biblical precedent to there are times that God includes his care for the land in his judgment. Um, and, and, you know, when we talk about uh, the sub- subjugation of um, humanity uh, or the subjugation of If you um, want to keep creation, your penis, you should say out loud, <laughs> I prefer to keep my penis. How random is that? What? It's not random at all. It's happening. <laughs> Blurp is going to destroy this episode. <laughs> well, or Sam yeah. it. Gavin, can I ask you a question? Sure. Just to clarify, because we have tens of listeners and we need to clarify for them. Would you describe yourself as historic pre-mill? Um, yeah, I'm a, a historic pre-millennial. Which is different. Which is different, and and the reason I ask is because. For those listening, so um, you got pre-mill, post-mill, A-mill, all this. Um, what would you say the other type of pre-mill response would be to all this? So a dispensational, I just haven't seen a dispensationalist at work for a while. Um, oh, no, you know what? That's not true. Um, there are things that have happened in the news that a dispensational premillennial would say, hey, look, this is all steering towards the end times. Like, look out. Okay. Biblical prophecy could be playing out right now in the interaction of countries with each other. Um, uh, a, a other classic premillennial, I think, would fall in line with with what I mentioned of hey, um, like we don't because a lot of your premillennial view is going to be based on how you read the Book of Revelation, which is a, the last book of the um, the Bible, the Christian Bible. Um, a classic premillennial looks at revelations more or less an account of how the world is going to enter its its final place. And so um, I, I think it's going to be more in line with like, hey, it's not the end times yet, but um, it, you know, it could be birth pains. A, a dispensational premillennialist at how the nations are interacting with each other, because that is a lot of the prophecies given in the prophets of nations interacting with each other, the king. Um, and so they're going to look more at that and see, see what's going on there. Uh, generally for the dispensational, 
a big sign of the end times has to do with Israel, uh, Israel's current place, Israel's current access to their land, whether or not Israel can make sacrifices yet. Um, they, they look more like they look more at that. Okay. And a red yeah. heifer. What? And a red heifer. You know, when I went to Israel, um, there's a society that is working hard to recreate biblically everything that belongs to the temple. Um, it's pretty cool. Is it Ted Cruz? <laughs> Nobody's calling you, okay? Oh. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seth, I think um, <clears throat> I would say everybody says that the things that I say sound like I'm a dispensational pre-millennial, but I would say I'm a historical pre-millennial. But the other thing is that I just really don't like orthodoxy or tradition. So I try to stay away from established opinions and form my own. And uh, would you say that because of uh, events like this, not this event in particular, but major global events, would you say that those come before the supposed thousand years of peace or after the thousand years of peace leading up to Christ. And you are, and to be clear, you are not a premillennial, right? No, not at all. Yeah. You're maybe an amillennial with uh, a tendency to post a little bit. I, I would say this revelation is a book of the Bible that I just think there's so much to it. Men much smarter than me. And I include Gavin in that camp have read through it, studied it. Um, this, this is where I land. Um, for me, some of the rapture stuff and some of the views that came later in America, I'm kind of skeptical because of how late some of them came. But that also is because of my personality and the people I trust I've been discipled by. Um, I'll say this, because I wrestle between A-mill and post-mill. I think the reason I'm much more um, sympathetic to post-mill is not only that at one point it was very popular and held by many guys, but two, and I'll admit this, because you got to put your cards on the table when you have a bias, when it's your personality. Um, I just think, and this is why I'm more sympathetic to it, I just think God's going to do more than we think and rescue more people than we think and do many things, because I think the thing that kind of made me biased towards other views was sometimes it was this doom and gloom of, you know, there's not going to be many people rescued and not many people that, you know, God does stuff with and, you know, the world just gets worse and worse. And that's not what Gavin's, you know, portraying, but um, that's just kind of my thing versus no, I, I do like the idea and believe it from what I've seen of, well, what if God's going to do much more and rescue more people than we think? A lot more people than we think are going to know him than we thought, you know, I just... That that's kind of where I land because it's just the end time stuff, dude. That gets into so many translations, and I've seen this. Every tradition chooses to take some things literally, and every tradition chooses to take some things not literally. And I've seen each tradition talks about how the other ones get wrong, and well, of course, you don't take that literal. And I, I just, yeah, I, I've just heard brilliant men and women debate about it, and they can't come to a conclusion. So I, I just wrestle with it. But no, I'm not primo. I'm and I don't even say I'm optimistic Emil. I, I say I am, like, confidently hopeful of, like, I may not know how it's all going to turn out, but I think God's going to do more than we think. And I think that's kind of my stance in it. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think things are going to 
be towards a path of renewal and get, you know, better. So I would say all that crappy stuff you talked about would be before. It'd be before that thousand years. But that's, once again, I could be wrong. This is never, uh, end time stuff has never been something that's like a hill I'm going to die on. So of course. I don't know if that so, answers your question. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so you would say like you, 70 AD-ish? Die. Oh, sorry, Gavin, go ahead. Unless you die in the end times and then it will be as you died but what if it's a flat surface uh, that you've died on the flat surface of the end time or a plateau if you will plateau or a, valley. Or a ravine so when you say before you're saying like 70 ad ish because <laughs> i think a lot of post mills would say that i i think this is the thing i think um a lot of the stuff described, I think the term, Gavin, is the term preterist for stuff that's already happened? Is that a term? I think so, but I'm, I'm, young. it's so preterist, I think, because it comes from pre, like pre, you know, already existing. Um, I think a lot of the stuff yes. we read has already happened where the temple was destroyed. We've seen tribulation and, and it's hard, man, because whenever you in the Bible, someone's having a vision, that's like a dream. Or they're saying, it's like this, it's like that. I just go, okay, well, here's a guess. And people go, well, I'm certain. But yeah, I would say a lot of stuff like 80, 70 and all that. I think a lot of that stuff always happened. But I think the tribulation question is kind of silly because the church is always in tribulation. Like, even if it's not in America, ask China, like, when do you think tribulation is happening? Ask in Iran, hey, when do you think tribulation is happening for Christians? I mean, they almost look at us like we're stupid. Like, what do you mean? That's life. Life is tribulation. So I don't know. We try to get these numbers, and I wonder how many people try to get a number on it because they're like, well, I know when this is going to happen so I can prepare. And everywhere else they're going, that's now. Just because so, you're not experiencing it, America isn't the be-all, end-all. But See, and this kind of points out to me, like, Seth is bringing up something that I think is true of all the millennial views. You're going to be influenced by where you were born and where you're living. And I know that people that hold to, specifically post-millennial, don't like this argument. The majority of the world is on millennial um because they are experiencing um great per- um yeah during big apocalyptic moments like world war ii where the black death the viewpoint of the world is more millennial classic pre-millennial um, yeah the the prosperity era in europe and in america led to millennialism um and i'm not knocking that it led to a lot of good it's still leading to a lot of good but it's real and dispensational was a kind of like birthed from this idea of like trying to get back to the Bible. And so your viewpoint on the end time is going to slightly, at least somewhat be based off of what you experience. Um, and yeah, like I agree with you. I agree with you, Seth. I also agree to a, a pre-millennial, whether dispy story that doesn't see the promise in Revelation where it says that the saints cannot be numbered when there are other massive numbers in the Bible and in the relation, like miss the promise of a very big at, at the hmm. So well, thank you for that. It's high noon. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? It is interpreting everything <laughs> I like type lasagna and it's like machine guns. Got it. I'm like, what? Oh, I love it. Oh gosh. Oh, wait, I got to do this for No. I wonder if we should publish the chat log. What? What? Yeah, I, I, that, oh, my gosh. 
You know what? Well, you can edit this, right, Sean? Can you edit what Craig records? (laughs) Yeah, I'll edit it all. Oh, my gosh. You can't spell it. Shut up, you nerd. (laughs) (laughs) That was a Craig Gavin. (laughs) (laughs) It's pronounced lasagna. But... Gavin, thank you for being a charitable discusser. I concede my opinion, and to honor my uh, Ludo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do say, Sean, there's no, like, your statement on you probably being a dispy premillennial, you're not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I know that I'm not, but I know that people say that I am. You're more just a bastard. The, if you're if you're looking for, I, I'm trying to be generous, <laughs> but it is the newest view. So if we're talking about orthodoxy, it's at least the if if there was a family photo of the views of the end times, the orthodox views. Of I'm the sorry, end times. I'll speak italics. <laughs> uh, premillennial dispensational premillennial is like kind of like emo teenager that's like giving a smirk to the camera and is like kind of standing a little bit tied to the family when the rest of the family is like trying to be like hey you gotta be part of this family photo and it's like no i'll, I'll be part of this family photo a millennial is like i agree still, like cheerful dad wearing plaid historic pre-millennial is like the old grandpa that's like why are you taking my photo and uh a millennial is like the, the sweet mom is just kind of going along with it. Huh, I think that's a really good way to put it. Huh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the syntax. <laughs> so, oh, anyway. But so, yeah. you I, talk about it, high fantasy books? I want to talk about wizards. I want to talk about wizards for like an hour. Jeez. Wizards, but, okay. You know. Stocks may rise and fall. Utilities and transportation systems may collapse. People are no damn good. But they will huh. always need land, and they'll pay through the nose to get it. Thank you, Gene Hackman. Fact. Is that Lex Luthor, um, Gene Hackman? Um, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I want to talk about... So, Sean is writing a book. Um, I want to write a book, but every time I come up with a story and characters, I get bored with them in five minutes and find some whole land, or some reason it's not original enough for me because I'm a special little star. Um... I gotta ask. So I've been reading a butt ton, which a butt ton is a lot of uh, fancy books. I I know Sean has. Gavin, have you read any good fancy books in the last two years? I'm reconnecting with my Lord of the Rings um, likeness. I'm I'm getting ready to go, go through those again. I can't find my copy of Hobbit. Um, I am in a perpetual oh. state of perusing uh, Harry Potter. Um, Did you hear that? Rivendell. We're going to see the elves. Um, oh. <laughs> and uh, I've been listening to a podcast called uh, Potter, and then uh, gonna jump into some some more fantasy after that. Uh, but that's the extent of it right now. Um, been getting my uh, although like it's tricky the line in between sci-fi and fa- science fiction and fantasy. Like I yes, just I, I agree. I listen. I listen to most of Ready Player One with Kelly. Uh, it, it takes place in the world of video games, obviously. 
mostly. It's a big virtual reality. I would argue that it would fit more as a fantasy game than a science fiction game. Although it, although it's dystopian, which I think is a little different because usually fantasy occurs world, but that's almost what you get with Ready Player One. Hmm. Um, and it's it's really truly nostalgia porn. I feel like, which is becoming a genre in itself. The movie was was that. I feel like in listening to the book that it was too too technical to be that for for almost anybody. Hmm, interesting. I've been um, well. You guys know the difference between fantasy and high fantasy, right? Or no? What What's the difference? Yeah, so fantasy is Harry Potter, right? And high fantasy is other things, right? So from what I understand, fantasy can be this world we live in, but you've just changed it. It can be an altered history. Like it could be America. It could be Harry Potter where, yeah, it's our world, um, but they're doing magic. High fantasy is they've created their own world, their own universe. It's completely different. It's known for world building, known for lots of characters, known for a-holes who can't finish their series and have to make every book, you know, every (laughs) They have to make these 19-book series, and each one's 1,500 pages, and they can't close down plot lines. So I would say High Fantasy is uh, based on um, world-building disappointment. But um, <laughs> I read – so I've read uh, fantasy books. I read uh, the second trilogy of the Powder Mage, uh, Blood Song. Um, that whole trilogy, I read a Dragon Slayer one. What was it? That one was pretty good. Um, shoot. Uh, Mistborn. Lycanius? Like, yeah, Lycanius trilogy. Oh, how did I forget that one? Gavin, that trilogy, I am telling you, is freaking nuts, dude. Lycanius trilogy. I'll send, I'm not kidding. I literally finished the last book and had to take a few minutes to think about how great it was. Um, I have the first book if you want to borrow it, Gavin. That'd be great. I'd love that. Dude, it's so dope. And now I just started the Stormlight Archive, and I'm 700 pages into it, and the first book is 1,000 pages, but I'm 700 in. And it's just so much world building. And I just sit there and I go, if I'm going to be stuck in this house, I want to read about... Dude, it's got, like, superhuman-powered armor, magic swords that come out of nowhere. It's just... It's pretty dope, man. It's like Fall Fantasy on crack. It's so fun. But... Yeah. Hey, you guys are wearing pants, right? Yeah. No. Yes. No. All right. That was a, I heard, I heard a no in there. So I'm just going to leave that there. I don't wear but, pants uh, since I've been put on quarantine. You were quite, were you quarantined or just asked to stay home? Uh, a little of both. Oh, I signed up for therapy. That's good. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, when they ask what the purpose is, I'm going to be like, man, I just, I need to stop killing hookers. Like I just, you know, so it's just really, it's just really messing with my home life. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Hey, so regarding therapy, yeah. re colon therapy. Um, so no what made you therapy will ever make this moment? Okay. <laughs> What made you decide to do that? Because uh, uh, are you being glib? Is that just, is therapy just uh, witch doctors using uh, 
commonly accepted thing in our culture to get into the souls of God's elect so that he would turn them away to Satan? Well, they are liberal warlocks. I mean, okay. I assume they're trying to Fair make enough. me gay. But um, no, I just, I, I took a look at myself and thought, you know what? Other than my personality and terrible character traits, I'm doing fine. And I just thought, you know, I'd like to sit down and talk with someone. But actually, no, it was my wife. It, um, she, I don't know. I, I've just been, I did the grief recovery book. I'm talking with a lot of people. I'm talking with my wife. And there's just a lot of things from my life, uh, especially when I wasn't a Christian. Things I witnessed, things I did, things I witnessed even growing up. But yeah, I'd like to just sit with a professional and go, hey, how do I deal with this uh, instead of just holding it until I have a stroke or yelling at the moon and throwing rocks at a tree? So, you know. So I just decided, no, therapy. And uh, there actually, there's lots of uh, Christian therapists too. So it mainly was just seeing even how I interact. I always walk around tense, like I'm about to be attacked and just anxious and just, you know, where I'm like, oh, I can't have a moment where my body's not like on high alert. And thought, all right, maybe I can just talk to someone about terrible things I've seen. So, And, and that really it wasn't anything crazy. I was just like, okay, that's all I'm going to do. It needs to be about 20% cooler. Hey, <laughs> oh, blurp. So when you talk about your body being on high alert, like, what do you mean by that? How does that manifest, I guess? Um, I find myself randomly, uh, for no reason as I'm walking, I, I twitch or tense my neck and shoulder muscles like I'm about to get hit or like someone grabbed me. Uh, random, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, ticks. And stuff, uh, always feeling tense. I, I'm always looking for a threat. I'm always uh, thinking about, well, well what, what's the danger? What's happening? Uh, constant anxiety. Even sometimes just my heart rates up for no reason whatsoever. Um, if people surprise me, just even grab me by a shoulder. Or my son hits me while I'm not looking. I'm ready to, like, just hit. Um, always feeling tense. Always feeling like everything's just wound up so tight. Um, even some memories when I think about them. I like physically feel myself tensing up like I'm experiencing them again. And then also I've just told people some of these memories they are like, well, those, those aren't normal or healthy. These are like horrible, actually like really traumatic events. I'm like, no, it's fine. I've just stuffed them down. And even just, I can't process emotion. Like when I want to cry, I can't. And then randomly when I don't want to cry, it just uh, comes out or I snap at inappropriate time. So just a lot of stuff just, yeah, always ready for a fight, always ready for something to happen. But, yeah, I don't know if that explains it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. On your feet, maggot! <laughs> that's that's going to help stuff out. I, I just, it's, I feel like people have this misconception. They're like, well, they're like, you know, they'll they'll tell people, they go, yeah, my dad beat me and life was hard, but I wasn't in the military. And it's like this idea of like the only people who have, experience something terrible is the military and i'm not downing what they have like okay that's a type of trauma there are inner city kids who see their nine-year-old friend get shot in the drive-by and they go well that's not traumatic you're not in the military well okay i mean i remember sitting there in the hospital while you know i was comforting someone and my friends in the hospital bed and they pull the plug and i'm like okay i watched my friend pass away and i and they just go well but you're not in the military i'm like okay, but I couldn't process that well and I'd like to talk to someone about it. it. Just It's so dumb when you look at one of the number one killers of men in their 40s is suicide. 
and we're telling people, well, why would you want to go talk about it? I don't know. <laughs> so I don't die. So I don't, I'm not just snapping at my family. So I'm not on this high alert of just always tense, always ready to go. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. And the way the, the mind works and the soul works, it doesn't have to be the most intense possible thing to affect you. It can be no. such a minor, small thing and still affect you. And it's not a competition, right? <laughs> no. It's like, I don't have to compete with somebody else. This was the thing that I never figured out in high school. I don't have to compete with people about how hard my life was. It was hard enough to me and it affected me. And that's all we need to do to talk about it. You know what I mean? Dave Chappelle said that he's like, he'll go, oh, I'm starving. And they go, Oh, well, there's kids in Africa who don't have food. He goes, who cares? I still want a sandwich. He's like, I, I don't care. He goes, the comparative suffering is stupid. Shut up. I, I'm pro therapy. Um, I think that, so we are, I don't know. I don't know how the world, I know that um, as a church, like I'm reading um, James K. Smith's uh, he, um, You Are What You Love, which I really enjoy. And he talks about a lot of times Christianity to kind of head on a stick. Like it's about what you think and, and like you kind of ignore the culture you're living in, your body, etc. And I think that uh, this aspect that we're talking about right now is is um, that there there's so much to the human psyche, to the human body, to all those things. We see Christ redeeming those all the time, but just quite simply, like the church has rightly said, sick. Like you, you should like go check out a doctor. Of course, we're going to pray for you. Of course, we're going to pray that God heals you. And, and he very well may, like he has before. But if he doesn't, he's going to provide for you this other way. Um, and in the same way, it, it's like, oh, like I've got this bad memory. I've got this struggle I'm going through. I've got this trauma. And it's like, we'll pray for you. We will offer you counsel. We'll offer you community and love. Um, just like your body might need a doctor, you might need a therapist. Um, and, yeah. and reducing the stigma from that, because, like um, we see that, that I, th I feel like this isn't as big of a culture, particularly in Nevada, at least in, in the areas I've talked to, like we don't have a problem with a dentist's teeth or going to an eye doctor with our eyes. Like if we don't know to process what's inside us and we are unable to work through it in community. I think the next step is we need to go to somebody who can actually help do that, especially yeah. because kind of like what you said, Seth, it could be affecting our bodies. Um, and like, I'm not saying this about you, Seth, but it's true who might need this. It might be affecting chips and their ability to relate to where they're not able to work any their field, relate to human beings and have relationships. That's true about stuff. Seth. It's the stuff that, that it really is actually it's affecting my relationships terribly. <laughs> so see those eyes peeking at you? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think um, I think it's a it's I think it's a good thing, um, and I think it's something that Living Stones, our church, are trying to get figured out in a way yes. that's super loving to people. Of like, hey, you need therapy? Dope. Uh, here's a list. Like that we have like pastors will meet with people over bible over, um like marriage family etc but if that we have a, a that two of the churches have like an extra track for 
stuff that start like actually diving deeper into that stuff. And then we also recommend, Hey, you, you might need more help than this. You might need immunity of people around a church, a, a, a counselor, a group, like, but let's, we want you to be whole. And we believe the Holy Spirit whole that it's not just about, Oh, like now survive until heaven gets here. It's like, you no, know, we believe to experience power of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. Now in this life, you don't see the fullness of it, and we become more and more that God created us as Christ now. So let's, let's see this recovery happen. No, I, so. I think that's well put. It's, it is crazy. Me, we go, I'll go to a doctor for this. I'll go to physical therapy for this. And you go, well, mentally I have this going on. They're like, ye of little faith. Why didn't you just pray? I'm like, well, I tried that. It's like, I've, I've seen, some terrible things and you just go, well, well just pray. Like, and I'm glad Jesus didn't just do that with Peter. He didn't just go, well, just pray. He's like, do you love me? Like he restores him. He talks to him. He connects with him. And I see that it just, John didn't say, Oh, I'm just the one who, you know, says prayers every now and then he goes, I'm beloved. Like there's a connection with God. We need connection. And this stuff is part of the fall. And I see therapy as one more way of pushing back against the effects of the fall. So, and obviously there's bad therapists, but there's bad firefighters, but I'd still, you know, call them. There's bad everything. I mean, there's bad politicians and people still vote for a new God every four years. So I don't know why they're giving me crap about therapy. So just, yeah. I think, anyway. Yeah. And, and what do you do with depression? Like depression is not something that, you can just tell to go away, right? So yeah. occasionally you actually like that. <laughs> um yeah, depression, it's like people get depressed that are Christians. People commit suicide that are Christians. And there's problems with that. And I feel like yeah. therapists hopefully can help with that. God, I hope yeah. they, you know? Yeah. It, a lot of it is just, they're even showing studies where trauma affects like your brain, your like brain chemistry. They're seeing like medicine helps some people. Well, if it's just medicine, I like, I am a pastor. I will meet with people. But what about when I meet with someone and it's biological? Well, I can't prescribe medicine. I'll send them to someone who can. And I think that's fine. It, it's, I'm not meant to be a catch-all for everything. Like, I'm not their grocer. Like, I meant to shepherd, love to best my ability, study the word, preach, pray. I, I can't fix everything, but I can guide them, try shepherd them and support them and love them. And I'd hope the same for me of, I don't want to just muscle through it. I want to actually be healthy, not just for me, but for my family. I don't want my children, to the best of my ability, to have to pay for my wounds. I feel like there's been enough damage from sin in my family. I don't need to pass it on even more to my kids. So it's partial for them and my wife. I don't want them to be punished for my pain. So, yeah. So I, I want to like Ecclesiastes is that I don't rethink like studying in many books. Um, and I just recognize that there's so much I don't know, but I do know that this, some of the stigma through church history that, that comes specifically depression and suicide come from we only have kind of a, a clear-cut case of suicide in the bible and just iscariot um and i think the confusion is that it's because of his suicide that that just kind of sealed his fate but jesus says that he's the son of and speaks of his condemnation as traitor of christ 
way before we know how his life ends. Um, yes. And, and so it's, it's dangerous. And honestly, like every other Christian theology, salt, like you can have an opinion, but if you're going to build, you're going to need verse. Um, just like people who are like tattoos are wrong, but one verse, it's like, that's a bad theology. You've got verse. It's not back to Bay where else it appears that it speaks at least metaphorically of tattoos highly. Um, and there's a specific, yeah, and right so next to that, it says shaving your beard is also wrong. Yeah. And other things. So other, other theologies have many more verses to say, no, this is a, and therefore a teaching by false, but the point of, of outlining Judas's death in the gospel is not for them to say, see, because he was condemned, he made suicide. It's to say, no, it's because of his, his sheer emotional turmoil that it happened, but it's not speaking directly as eternal salvation or not. Now, other passages do, but not because he committed suicide. Yeah. And so I know of other people who I know and am confident in their Christianity and I, and I can point to where they were at emotionally, mentally, and say, I don't think it's fair to say that in heaven, right? All signs would point to yes. Um, but but People it, who you know, it's like a committed thing. suicide, you mean, right? Yeah, and who have been depressed. And it's like, hey, like, like uh, in, in, the, in the strange sense, it's like, I'm depressed. There's something. And, and I, I think the answer is like, some people would say, no, there's nothing wrong with who's depressed. I would say, yeah, there's something wrong with all of us. Um, we're all, broke. I'm sorry that you're, that you're hurting and you're depressed and this is how you're, this is expressing itself right now. It feels like it's not fair, but because we're both broken, we can both, um, seek to seek the one who can restore us and we can both sympathize with this, um, and help each other. Um, and so if one, let's say one brother is depressed and another brother struggles with pornography, my hope is that the one brother would seek out and point that depressed person to that their love is not going to change for them to counseling if needed to use them in it to reach out when they know that they they're having a rough season to actually care and that the other brother for the person who's struggling with pornography would likewise encourage help would encourage restoration would encourage the damage that that's doing on the brain um because they both um like one is um, something that's going on that most of the time is not done. The other type is like, hey, you're doing path with brain that's going to affect you to receive and to be able to have a realistic of sex. Um, and so that they would build redemption for each other. Mm. That just okay. went in a direction I didn't expect at the very end there. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, what? I don't know. I feel right. That's not right. But yeah, like, it, it's the same thing of, like, we, we recognize more and more how, like, that's yet another thing that, like, we don't talk about very often. For a lot of guys, like, it takes a lot of work to overcome this thing because it causes such pathway to the brain. And so it requires, like, a rewiring. For some guys, it requires therapy or some sort of group activity totally. to kind of get out of it. Um, they're not equal, but it's just like, man... Like if he can, it's sort of the proverb. I think one of the proverbs in Proverbs chapter good. If it's your power to do it, like let's encourage, let's encourage, um, let's encourage you to go to a doctor. Like Sean, you've been encouraging me with like exercise. Even you saying I've been doing this has been like, oh yeah, I've got to be exercise and not. Pay. Um, the quarantine has really been helping, and mm. uh, I definitely have not taken extra trips to. Um, I and no, I didn't eat Simon's last stick. Um, he didn't track me down because he found them. In my backpack, the <laughs> lunchables are hidden. So, 
I'm all shut. No, actually, I'm, I'm all I'm all for two day expired because. <laughs> oh, they, good God! They're just so cheap. Now, actually, Gavin, you've segued to a subject that has been interesting. You've long been controversial in your views and have kind of been a maverick in the direction that you're heading. And we have to wrap this up, but I want to discuss as a last topic, you say that you have some recent evidence that cake is better than pie. That cake is better than pie? Yes. I mean, so I I thought that the discussion, so first off, pie is a better disease apocalypse um, because it has calories, it has sustenance it keeps better i feel like cake is more of a, uh life is going well it's like why that, that french person said let them eat cake um pretty sure they were wow so call me maybe. <laughs> what, <the? laughs> what was that i don't know dude. i don't get this soundboard it's not working <laughs> like, I, I how does he get that from what we type? Where's the dinosaurs? <laughs> I put in heresy and it did Carly Rae Jepsen. Gavin <laughs> did heresy and it put in where's the lamb sauce? I don't understand. We haven't figured out this technology yet. I don't think the so, technology has figured it out. <laughs> oh, so Gavin, you're saying as a as a value statement, quantified. Pie? The Death Star does have a strong defense mechanism. <laughs> Pie or cake? As a defense mechanism? As a value statement. <laughs> what is a value statement about pie or cake? Yeah, which is higher value? Like on the black market? To a general human. Ooh, to a general um, If it's purchased... Hi. And one time at band camp, students <laughs> were to have pillow fights, but we had a pillow fight and it was so much fun. Oh my um, gosh. I'm glad um, that didn't go further. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've never, okay, so I've never purchased a cake for someone. Wow, thank you for buying me. Um, and uh, the, and uh, I, I would, and so like, but if I buy them a, a pie at Ikeda's, they're like, wow, thank you for the pie. But I, I feel like even Good though the preparation, point. I feel like even though the preparation for a pie is higher, <laughs> uh, that a homemade cake gets more attention and value if it makes someone a cake and says, "Wow, so." Um, so I think it depends on whether it's a gift, a gift like homemade. I think cake has a higher value, and and that's true too. Like I make better can buy, um, but I buy pies. At certain places, they make fantastic pies. The one exception to this, so Kelly, Kelly made a chicken pot pie a couple nights ago. Second, Kristen Beck's pies are phenomenal. Um, she makes the best pies of anyone. But in general, I'd say, like, if you're per, if you're buying someone a gift, it's pie. If you're making someone a gift, it's probably cake. Hmm. What what? Makes me want to continue. Today, the scientific community is virtually unanimous. Climate change is real. It is caused by human activity, and we have a moral responsibility. You, you asked Blurp for a random sound effect for communism, and it gave you a clip for Bernie Sanders. 
um so so yeah um and uh lately there was a recent thing that happened that that just broke my heart which is uh john oliver from last week tonight ripped cake apart and i just felt like oh just so betrayed like oh like um and then i realized that what's happening is maybe pie is the old way and cake is the new way maybe gen z is going to care more about cake than pie Hmm. no way there's no way cakes cakes were british dating back to the black plague pies are all american baby 1776 and newer also too consider that cake is used in weddings that is smashed into each other's face as a promise of future life and prosperity Whereas a pie smash is a is a token of humiliation. Um, like you can pie anybody, but you can only cake your spouse. Yeah, and how many marriages? What the hell is this? That's such a message. I'm his local brass. He sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> I don't understand this soundboard. <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah sure. What you guys are saying is really good. but i will say this it is it is a it is a social distance people are staying at home you've got to save resources and my recommend as of this time in in march 2020 is that people would opt for pie instead of cake because you you got to make it last like cake isn't gonna like flour is being rationed at the store like you can get canned um jams and jellies and fruits um please listeners all five of you you've got to choose cake or pie right now so (laughs) all right gavin here's the question and then we're gonna wrap it up you're at the store it's quarantine you're hungry your boys are hungry your wife is hungry they asked you to brave the apocalypse to go to the store there's only one store in carson city that's open they only have two things cake and pie. Which do you choose? Oh, pie. Damn right. Yeah, pie. Damn pie. right. Yeah. Well, that this was anticlimactic. This isn't. This isn't the time to to uh, to do that to your family. Like you just need to. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn right, Daniel. You got caught. You got busted. Oh, you watch a poor hub and be a fat nigga just fighting over food. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah. i'm really sorry for all the editing sean do you know how do you know how you determine the end of things <laughs> because i'm pretty sure the end of tales for the ditch is having a soundboard <laughs> oh dude it's so good because you never know what you're gonna get i mean you really don't it's just because he misinterprets everything we say <laughs> like everything i can type in duck and it brings up an episode of nargo it's ridiculous i wonder oh. if we, if we can. <laughs> oh gosh boss lives let's try this boss lives let's try boss this lives. oh man i'm scared Nice. That was oh. bad. Right. That could have been bad, but yeah. 
screw the rules, I have money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. One more. Help me, I'm drowning! You can't drown, you fool. You're immortal. Hey, all right, that was Highlander. That was Highlander. Huh. All right, I well, know. I don't... Oh, dear. Show me the money! <laughs> what? What? makes no sense. <laughs> All right, Gavin, thank you for our very first digital-only apocalyptic podcast. I, I apologize, but it, we, we get by with what we can on the apocalypse. <laughs> exactly. We'll see how this turns out. And if it turns out terribly, uh, you know what? People get what they pay for. That, you it, know what? That a, is what you get. Uh, and and, that and that's why I'm sponsored by Snapple. Snapple Tea. No, this, uh, let me look this up. I know how you can get sponsors. I've, I've just figured it out one. All right, check this out. I've got this segment for you guys. Um, one second, I'm pulling it up. Okay. Today's Tales from the Ditch podcast is brought to you by Zen Bidet. When you drive your truck through the mud and it gets all muddy after four-wheeling up in the hills, do you go and run a cloth over it to wipe that mud off? No. You get a high-pressured hose nozzle, and you spray all that mud off. In the same way, is your tushy getting as clean as it could, or do you find yourself dissatisfied with toilet paper and the current lack of it due to the current virus pandemic? Yes! The day has the answer for you. Go to www.zenbidet.com and enter Tales from the Day ditch for a 20% discount. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's how you Thank guys you. get your sponsorship. Thank you. We're going to email them and ask for our money. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, right. No, I think that's a fantastic idea. Gosh, do you think this will actually be an episode? <laughs> I will see. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that's a great way to end it. Let me do, let me see. Let me do, I'm still going. Hold <laughs> on, you go, Seth. That, I just wanted to see what you typed. That's, you know what, that's fantastic, Sean. Oh, good for you. Well, good for you. so long as we've got some time to kill, I think I'll have a beer. We don't have no beer, just tequila. What, what's tequila? Yeah, it's like beer. Is it fattening? Yeah. Zip it up. <laughs> Zip it out. <laughs> Another, 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 another